Welcome to the Abracadam Podcast, and I'm your host, stand-up comedy magician, Danny Whitson. I hope everyone is having a fantastic Christmas so far. It is Christmas Eve here at the Whitson Cabode. We are getting ready. Um, we got my son coming in tomorrow, and then I'll have both my kids under the same roof, so that's always exciting. Um, I hope my Jewish friends had a fantastic Hanukkah, and if you celebrate Kwanzaa, I hope that was good. If you're atheists, I hope you're having a good Thursday. And if you're agnostic, I hope you're unsure of what kind of day you're having. I know this is a difficult uh, Christmas, at least a different Christmas for a lot of us. Uh, a lot of us can't be with our families this year due to the pandemic. And that sucks, but uh, let's just cross our fingers, pray, hope, knock on wood that next year will be better. I know I'm ready for next year already. I'm ready to get next year here. Uh, I've learned some things. There's been some silver linings this year. There has. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I've noticed this holiday season is uh, I got this newfound love for trees. Yeah. And I've always loved the environment, but uh, there's just something special about those uh, Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. Them bad boys are yum! Delicious. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Um, our guest for this episode is somebody I've known, not for a real long time, but uh, I've worked with her so much here lately, I feel like I've really got to know her very well. She's a uh, stand-up comedian, she is also a very talented comedy show producer, and she was killing it with live shows before the pandemic, and now she is killing it with virtual shows. If you guys please, if you will, sit back and relax my fun conversation with Lauren Ansley. All right, we're here with uh, Lauren Ansley. How are you doing today, Lauren? I'm fantastic. How are you doing, Danny Whitson? Doing good, doing good. Uh, well, I tell you what, if you don't mind, would you let all the listeners know who is Lauren Ansley? Oh, that's a loaded question, Danny. Lauren Ansley. Lauren Ansley lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. She is years old and uh, has a background in doing stand-up comedy and now is the owner of Beerly Funny and Lauren Ansley Comedy Productions. And I work with companies and book amazing entertainers to create fun events and programs for companies. Well, you know, I have to say, I have, I have, have done a few shows for you and you are, I mean, I think you're the best in the area at producing uh, comedy shows. I mean, you are fantastic. And thank you. Thank you. I like that you put in the area. <laughs> nice little qualifier. How big of an area? Like a square mile from where I am? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, before COVID hit, it was clear just based off of, uh, you know, some of the pictures and some of the events that you were putting on that, I mean, they were selling out. They were packed houses. The quality of entertainment that you were booking was top notch. 
and um and then me getting to work for you you know myself uh it, it was a, a packed house a great show it was um, a fun night yep. it was a very fun night and you're extremely professional as well um you know like i said being an inner you know working for you myself sometimes you know there's some gigs where you know bookers will book you and you you don't know what you're walking into it's like a haunted house <laughs> i um, would hate that myself so i i like to give thank you for that i like to give way more information than not and so to back up danny you and i actually had a booking where we were going to work with each other we had to postpone it so because of you know the covid situation so we postponed it and then we still had a sold out show it would just we had to limit the number of tickets but you still put on an amazing show it was super fun well, that was a great, great, great night. Um, now, I'll tell you what. Okay, so you've got a background in stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, you had this, what was it, an epiphany? What, what happened? Did you bump your head and say, <laughs> I need my own comedy business? So, so what influenced <laughs> you? What, what caused this? Oh, you know that saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned? Oh, yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> well, let me back up a little further and I'll, I'll dish, I'll dish. Um, so I have, a, I have 10 years of, plus over 10 years of experience in event planning myself and, and marketing. So I've planned concert series and networking events and annual meetings uh, in previous positions. And I love promotion and marketing. And um, when I, I'm actually really shy. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I have a very small, close-knit circle, but have lots of acquaintances as well. And I consider you a dear, dear acquaintance, Danny. Um, but, but I was, um, when I started doing stand-up, I decided I was going to force myself to post at least one, what I consider funny thing a day on social media. So that was my goal. So that really helped get me out of my shell. And I started going to events and, you know, I would, I would have this day job and I would go to the, into the bathroom and like practice my set for five minutes at a time. I'm sure the company thought I had some type of medical condition, but I would do that to prep. And then I would go to these shows and then, you know, it's hard to get people out to a comedy show, but in a lot of cases, there were no flyers up. The venue hadn't like co-hosted the event on social media. No one knew it was happening. And I'd get frustrated to be going to these places in, in the back of the bar next to the pool table or no one knew there was a show going on. So I decided to host my own show and I actually was working with someone. And that's the, that's the quote of the fury part. Um, I myself and another comedian actually worked with someone to host a series of, of shows and um, we had a great time. It was super fun, but, um, the person who coordinated it was not, was getting paid and wasn't passing that along. So there was some general frustration about, um, being above board. So I decided that I wanted to do my own thing by myself, use my event planning and marketing experience and put on quality events where people knew about the event. So all my shows had flyers at the venue. They co-hosted the event on social media. People knew there was a show. I don't want anybody to walk in and be upset that there's a comedy show <laughs> or people to go perform and spend their time practicing in the bathroom and not, not be able to perform in front of an audience. And I truly believe that comedy is an art form and needs to be elevated and treated as such. And I want my performers to be respected and paid and compensated and appreciated. And I want my venue to get more business because we're having entertainment. And um, so it's, it's been very intentional 
to make sure that we have good crowds because you all work hard. Entertainers work hard and we should be celebrated and people need that entertainment in their lives, possibly now more than ever. I 100% agree with you. And anyone who has ever worked for you can clearly see that you do believe in that. And, you know, oh, thank you, you do your best at that. So can we say work with, not for, with, that feels weird. Okay. But, okay. So say okay. work with, we work okay. together. Yes. Okay. Thank you. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, I mean, so that was your influence. I mean, you just saw, so, I mean, in a way, Lauren, you're kind of like a superhero because you saw the bad stuff and you're like, okay, now, <laughs> super Lauren. So. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there are people that think of me as a villain because oh. I don't look just anybody. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, we can go that route if you want, sure. We'll, we'll definitely come back to that. We'll definitely come back. But I want to ask you this, okay? Because I noticed something in your conversation when you said that you had these goals. Like, you, you wanted to post a joke a day. Uh, and, you know, the toughest thing as a comic, period, is making yourself sit down to write those jokes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some comics aren't really writers. Some of them, like, to me, one thing that I always do is I, I, I do a – I live a lot in my head. You know, there's a lot of crazy things going on up here all the time. And there's like this little, you know, joke writing workshop up in here and I will get it and I'll be like, okay, let's, I, I will write like the punch down or, or this, you know, something down, take note of it. Right. Uh, and, uh, but it's hard to keep yourself on track to do that goal. You had a goal. Um, now, but that's not just in comedy. I think that's a good technique to use with anybody who is planning on doing something. Um, uh, was that something that you – have you always been like a goal-oriented person? Uh, yeah, I mean, I write to-do lists all day long. Now, if I actually do them, that's another story. I'll set goals. I'll, I'm good at setting the goals. I'm not necessarily going forward and pursuing the goals. But um, And to clarify, it wasn't a joke a day. It was just a funny post today. And if it would turned out to be a, a joke, great. But that's one thing that – and I think we might discuss this a little later. But um, when it comes to marketing yourself as an entertainer, keep on posting something every day to keep yourself on top of mind because there's been times where I've actually thought, Oh, I, don't, I need to book that person because they're doing events or they did the show or they posted how much they appreciated the, the venue or the producer or whatever. But yeah, absolutely. Of course, goals are important. Um, yeah. I don't always follow them, <laughs> but um, I definitely do like have lists and goals and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, definitely. Okay. So right in the middle, you, you created your live shows. You're producing these fantastic shows. And then out of nowhere, here comes the pandemic. Bam. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and which affected your business. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, this totally affects your business directly because, you know, in the land of entertainment show business, we want people. We need people gathered in groups. So, uh you have though you've survived you have you have done something different which you've you know tapped into the virtual entertainment uh you yep. care to tell us a little bit about that sure sure so i haven't actually disclosed this to your audience quite yet but um we met i think we connected online shortly after i had made the leap and what i mean by that is last no we I forget if we connected before I had done this or not, but 
Last summer was the first time that I had produced a comedy show under the name Yearly Funny, and I was partnering with a brewery. And then I had ultimately in about six months from that summer to the end of the year, I think I had like six or seven venues I was doing monthly or monthly ish shows with. And um, so that was June. And then actually that fall, I decided, you know what? I think I'm going to do this uh, all the time because I love it. So I quit my job and I sold my house and I decided to launch this comedy production company over the next 12 months because that's how much house equity I had that I could afford to pay myself for 12 months. Six months into that, oh no, global pandemic, everything shut down. All of my shows shut down because I hadn't done anything virtually. So um, yeah, so I guess I'm, I'm giving more detail than I need to. But, no, um, no, no, not at all. <laughs> I, uh, so the pandemic hits in March. I had six months, spent six months of my income. I had six months left. And I had no choice. It was either to find something that would work or get, go back and get another day job. And I really never found a day job that I felt was like the perfect fit. So um, I never wanted to own my own business either. Just never found anything I like to do. <laughs> I was good at doing some things. And it just so happens that this combines all of the things that I liked about all the previous positions. So it's kind of crazy. Anyway, um, I know you didn't ask for all of this, but I'm kind of rambling. Feel, feel free to uh, stop me at any point. Uh, so when the pandemic hit in March, I was like, oh no, my shows are gone. No problem. I can wait it out for two weeks. You know, that's turned out to be a much longer process. But yes, my first virtual show was a comedy show in, in April. And um, I actually tested it out with some friends. It went really well. Started doing ticketed virtual shows. And um, the audience is just not there. It's even harder to get people to pay to come to a, my experience, come to a ticketed show than to come to a live show. And that's still a challenge. But the reason for it is because that venue is so important because that's the tie that binds. Like you said, people want to come congregate at a cool place together, have some drinks, have some food, get that camaraderie of being together in an exciting place in person and when you're in a global pandemic I don't know about you but this is my first global pandemic and I'm not a fan and we can't all be together so um it's been yeah so so it was virtual ticketed shows but you missed that camaraderie and then my very first corporate show I actually started doing corporate events um a lady who had come to one of my live shows called me and works for I don't know if I can name drop but let's just say a major tech company that have, probably has software on almost everyone's computer. And I did a series of comedy shows for her. And then that's what kind of gave me the um, permission in my head to go after companies to start doing corporate events. So it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, opportunity came a knock and you jumped on an opportunity and you learned something on the way. So yeah. that's uh, now you 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 also said now you covered a lot of information right there you said yeah, you, I, you should have cut you, me off there <laughs> well i'm also it's okay that's okay well it's it's fine it's fine i'm a firm believer in if you want to do something you do have to leap and you even though it's terrifying and it, it's scary but uh and there's some ways that i think you have to be backed into a corner also is the only way that you're you're going to be able to do that yeah you said, I quit my job and I sold my house. That sounds absolutely insane. Um, Thank you. <laughs> the, uh, but, and, and it's, it's almost like, you know, some people are, are locked in this type of thinking to where they're like, 
I can't believe, I, I can't imagine living not guaranteed that paycheck every two weeks. I, I, I either, you know, and most people cannot, can't think that way. And um, I've compared it to this because as an entertainer, nothing's guaranteed, you know, and really let's be honest in life, nothing's guaranteed anyways. That's just, it's an illusion. It's an imaginary. It's a magical illusion. Magical illusion. Nothing's guaranteed. And um, true. true. so, you know, I, I, I have the hustle mentality myself. And I think to be a good entertainer or any, even an entrepreneur like yourself, uh, you have to have a hustle mentality. And now, so, and, and, you know, with entrepreneurs, let me ask you this. Is there an entrepreneur out there right now that you look up to? Oh my gosh. Um, ah, oh, you know, it would have been helpful if you'd given me these questions in advance, Danny. Cause, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be totally honest. Like people ask me the question of what's the comedian that you look up to? And I'm like, uh, well, I'm not allowed to say Bill Cosby anymore, <laughs> but, um, I, not off the top of my head that I can think of because I never actually wanted to be my own business owner. It was not something that I have um, very little exposure to this. Like I, the one, the one person that I know in a close situation um, does not enjoy being an, a, a business owner. So it was not something I ever really wanted to do or have influence on. So I can't think of anyone. Um, well, I, I will tell you, I'll tell you this. He, uh, you do know the, uh, the comic, um, Dick Gregory. Sure. Yes. Okay. Of course he's, he's a legend. Um, you know, he's, he, there's so many great quotes out there from Dick Gregory. Uh, one of my favorites, which gosh, there's so many good ones, so many good ones, but basically, you know, and, and I don't even know if this is word for word, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he, he talks about how America is set up for an entrepreneur. Oh, and nice. So, and, and as an entertainer, you know, whatever it is, a comic, magician, musician, it, it, you're somewhat, you are an entrepreneur because there comes down to a point to where you have to think about what you're doing as your own business. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, he's definitely one of my favorites, definitely one of my favorites, I also, um, and even though uh, uh, people, he, sometimes he catches slack for saying something or doing something, but I'm an Elon Musk guy too, because I want to go to Mars. And um, then there's that one, oh God, there's this crazy lady. What is her name? Um, Lauren Ansley. So, uh, what? Who? <laughs> She's on the list too. She's on the list too. Oh, Lord. Now, okay. Well, <laughs> since, since you talked about uh, having your own business, what advice would you give? And not just entertainment, but for anybody thinking about wanting to make the leap. They're sick of their day job. They 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 want to make a change, but they're a little scared. What advice it, besides find a good real estate agent? Well, uh, I will give the same advice that has been given to me over the years when doing comedy, and that is don't do it, <laughs> which, which for the record is terrible advice. It's terrible advice. It's terrible advice, but it's also really good advice, but it's, a, it's terrible advice because no one's going to follow it because if they're asking you that question, they want to do it and it's what they want to do. 
So, man, if I had like, if, and, and I think this is a, this is a fair statement. If I had known back in September when I put my house up for sale, if I had known what the next 12 months would be like and how difficult it would be, I probably would not do it. But, or if I had known what I know now, I probably would have been too scared to do it. So I'm glad that I was oblivious and that I went for it. And I'm gonna, it's a unique situation because I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I had the ability and an opportunity to move in with some dear friends of mine and have very low cost of living to be able to afford to do this and stretch the money. Not everyone has that opportunity. Some people are in very cushy day jobs. They make a lot of money. It's going to be hard to replace that income. Um, but if it, if I had, if, if it's something that you're really interested in, I actually would recommend maybe a, a business coach or a, um, life coach or someone that you can, a confidant that you can talk things through with, um, that doesn't have a vested interest. I'm not talking about a spouse or a kid or a parent. I'm talking about somebody separate from you. There are people that, that do that and do that as a job to kind of talk about career transitions or um, that kind of thing and rely on those experts to talk with you and give you some advice and soak up as much information as you can. I went to, there's um, a group called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E.org, that gives out business advice to new businesses and entrepreneurs. Just get as many resources as you can so that you, you know what you're doing, or at least you think you do when you do it. That's all. So. In a lot of ways, though, you're saying uh, ignorance is bliss. So, yes. you know, like, of course, if somebody wants to go swim in the ocean, they're like, man, I really want to swim in the ocean. They get in the ocean, and all these sharks start attacking. I'm like, damn, this was a bad idea. But <laughs> they survive, and they make it to the island, and they're like, well, I, you know, I swim the, the English Channel, but, you know, I wouldn't have done it if I'd done all those sharks that have been there. So, but I mean, well, if you're if you're jumping into the ocean and you're not aware that sharks are there, you probably shouldn't do that. Um, because there are sharks there, and I think most people know that. <laughs> but oh, well, but yeah, I feel you. I feel you. So, <laughs> I had no idea. Well, what if it? What? Okay. All right. Well, let's do this. Well, what if it wasn't sharks? What if it was? What if it was kangaroos? And in the ocean. In the ocean. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You get a that pass for not realizing there would be kangaroos in the ocean. <laughs> like, man, I would have never have went swimming if I would have known there were these pissed off kangaroos <laughs> in the ocean. In the uh, English Channel. Yes, in the definitely. English Channel. So you get a pass. They, were, they were polite a little bit because of the But I were, actually had a 12 month runway. And you think a year, that's plenty of time. Well, now I'm hearing from business owners that you really need to have five years in order to know if it's a successful idea. You have to give it five years. If you had, I'm an impatient person. That's why I did this is because I'm very impatient too. So um, I was ready now. Speaking of ready now, what uh, advice do you have for comics maybe looking to, uh, to work with a, uh, an agency? Yeah, so I'm not set up as an agency per se. I'm more like a boutique, maybe agency. I don't know, but um, I need to really work on my messaging. <laughs> but um, when it comes to wanting to be like booked on a show, for example, or uh, something like that, or an agency, I don't have that much experience with, with other agencies because I'm not, 
I haven't been doing comedy that long to require an agent personally, but from what I've seen from my friends and things who are in it, professionalism is key. I've heard so many times, and I agree with this, that you can have, you can be the most, the most talented, the funniest, the most creative, the best performer on stage, but if you're late to a gig, if you don't keep in touch with the pr producer, if you make them stress that you won't show up, if you are a diva, if you are difficult to work with, if anything that would give them pause to booking you or booking you again, get rid of that. Have a solid work ethic. Communicate with them. Keep in touch. Post on your social media regularly. Have, pos have a positive vibe if possible. Don't talk, don't talk crap about the venue. Don't post anything negative about who's booking you because you know what? If you have a terrible experience with another booker and you post about it, you may be completely validated. You may be completely correct. But me as a fellow producer makes me scared because what are you going to say about my event? It's the same thing as not insulting a potential employer when you go for or a, a current employer when you go for another job. Never talk that. It's the same thing as when you're on a date. You don't talk that about your exes. You move forward. So it's about having a very good work ethic and you don't have to be the funniest person or the most talented person in the room. Sad. I mean, it's just true. If you have a solid work ethic, if you're reliable, if you show up on time, I'm going to book someone who is maybe I'll book someone who's like a seven out of 10 funny over a 10 out of 10 funny. If I, if you have a, if you're, if the 10 out of 10 person is late or isn't reliable or talk smack about other producers or whatever. So work ethic is, is definitely number one. And that encompasses a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you would think, yeah. and you would think that would be, you know, common sense for the most part. But, you know, there are people that need to be, you know, told that. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's do this. Okay, we've been talking about, uh, you know, all this comedy productions and stuff, but now let's get down to the real nitty gritty. Oh right? no! What is this? We're What's this? Down, What's happening? We're gonna get down to the really tough questions. Okay. Um, now, you know, I'm not somebody who, I, I'm not a real, pol I mean, I, I don't, I'm not super into politics. I'm not, but we live in a day and age where politics, it's almost hard to, to dodge political questions. So now me and you have both seen a lot of change in our lifetime. We have already just, you know, in our country, a lot of things have changed. They really have. Mm -hmm. Um you know, a, a lot of focus is on, uh, you know, what will women, we're seeing women, you know, women owned businesses. That's a big thing. Uh, we just saw, uh, that's, college football. that's a thing. Can you believe women owning businesses? That's crazy. We're letting them own businesses now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and in college football at, at Vanderbilt, uh, Sarah Fuller just kicked the extra point, which was pretty awesome. And I think that's really cool. Um, she is catching some uh, static because of it, but I think it's just most dudes get a little nervous when they see another lady kicking balls. Okay. So <laughs> that's fair. Makes them a little nervous. But uh, now here, now, now we're going to go in a completely different direction here because I want your honest, true opinion about this. Um for president, okay? This is for president. And this will also help the listeners get to know you a little better, okay? Um, that's an easy question. I'm just going to be honest with you. And you may, you know, 
lose some fans if you're honest with this. So this I don't have any, up. so that's okay. okay. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. For president, okay, and what if you had to choose one or the other, which one do you think would make a better president? A dog or a cat? Hmm. And first of all, don't act like this could not happen because this can happen. That's actually a very insightful question. Um, and you know, I got to go with my gut reaction on this. I'm going to say cat. Ooh. Yep. Now I'm yep. okay. Okay. You said cat. Now think about that real hard. You, I, you said cat. I did. Now, um, Oh, boy, I could see cats, though, being a little conservative, a little tough love, a little, you know, I don't know. But, you know, cat, you know why I said cat? Can I justify? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Why did you okay. say cat? Cats do what cats want to do, and they let you know what they think. So there's not going to be as much lying. There's not going to be as much people-pleasing. Dogs are very, dare I say, surface level. So I think dogs would be very good politicians because they'll tell they'll say whatever to make you feel good they'll they'll suck well, up to you well okay but. okay who wouldn't want a politician though to lick you on the face i mean are you, you saying know? politician or are you saying politician uh well, i don't oh <laughs> oh okay it took a minute there for that funny to kick in but a politician okay all right I think uh, we're going to talk politics. Okay, that's what we're calling this. Uh, here we I go. I think if you had divided it up by dog breed, maybe I would have had been a little bit more willing to go the dog route, but I think in general dogs can't be trusted. I think cats, you know where cats stand. Gotcha. Well, all right. I got it. And, you know, I think, dog, I think cats' bathroom habits are a little better than dogs, too. Mm -hmm. so. All right, that, that, what do that's, you think? What would your answer be? I mean, you know, I always, I, I thought that, because, you know, I am a dog and cat person, um, and I always thought that I'd want a dog as a president, uh, because, I mean, I know sometimes I like to be, uh, you know, lied to, to my face by, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and I yeah. feel like, you know, Dogs, one thing, you know, sometimes, sometimes oh, no, dogs have absolutely no dignity at all either. God, they're really close to being like all the politicians that we do. Know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they will latch onto your leg and not let go. And we know a lot of those. <laughs> what? Why do you know a lot of those? I'm just saying <laughs> politicians. Dog park. I'm, I'm talking politicians. I'm talking politicians. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh that's uh, so but you no know, I, I actually i guess i can side with you let's let's go with the cat let's go with the cat mm -hmm. uh, let's go with the cat solid choice solid choice well this is the abracadam podcast and the reason why is we, we can't call it the abracadam podcast without doing some magic do it do it i love you she's like do it i love magic. did i just hear some card shuffling oh you want to hear some cards listen yeah. We're doing card. Here nice, we go. Nice. All right. So we're going to try this. We do this every episode. No one has gotten it right yet. Oh, I blame the, I blame you, the host. 
Ooh, here we go. All right. Now, <laughs> now we're going to try some mind reading, Lauren. Okay. We're okay. going to get in your mind, do some mind reading. Let's see. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to hold one card. Actually, yeah, one card up just like this. Can you see okay. it? It doesn't yep. matter. In the land of Zoom, we're Zooming. Yep. I see it. All right. Cool. Take the first card that pops in your head and name it out loud. Three clubs. Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. <laughs> you are not going to believe this. That was amazing. Mm, let me see it. No. Oh. Well, it wasn't, you didn't get it right, but it was still cool. It was still. Oh, cool. I'm wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. No. How'd you do that? What are you, what are you talking about, Lauren? That's just our little secret. <laughs> so, so for those of you who are not watching at home, <laughs> Danny just turned the card from an ace of hearts into a three of clubs, which is the card that I called out. They'll never believe you. They'll never believe you. I that was you. amazing. All right. Now, Lauren, do you, uh, you celebrate Christmas, right? Sure, yeah. Okay. She's like, sure, whatever. It's me <laughs> and my cats and my roommates. So do you, <laughs> you do have cats, right? I have one. Let's not exaggerate, Danny. <laughs> one. I have one cat. Uh, I'm okay. due for an upgrade. I'm due for an upgrade soon, but just one right now. Okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. What was, let's hear a Christmas bloom, uh, blooper, something, a funny story that happened during Christmas because it is Christmas time, mm -hmm. you know, coming up, the holidays are here. So I want to hear something crazy that happened to you on Christmas or around, around Christmas. Okay. So my family was, um, uh, hanging out and my, uh, a bunch of us the kids, we call ourselves the cousins, the younger, the second generation of the family. We were all in the kitchen and my grandfather was trying to come in, get something out of the oven and we were in the way and he got flustered and he was probably in his mid seventies, mid to late seventies at the time. And he goes, kids, get out of the chicken. And he meant kitchen. He was so flustered and we were like, he was an intimidating man. So we were all like, Oh no. And he, he, he started busting out laughing because he said the wrong word um, and it broke the ice. And then of course we, we got out of his way, but it was really, it was a fun, it was a fun memory. That's cool. Now is he, is your grandfather still? Okay. So that's, that's a real sentimental. That's awesome. Yes. That, that was nice. Now I'll share mine. Um, and I'm, I'm not a one upper here, you know, was, okay. my grandfather did a backflip seven times and landed <laughs> on the Christmas tree. Uh, he, uh, but no, um, I'll, I will one time, see, most people don't really believe in Santa Claus and, uh, but I actually, I'll never forget Christmas Eve night and the night Santa Claus actually came to my house. And, um, I remember it scared me to death because I woke up and Santa Claus well, I remember, Santa, well, I thought it was Santa Claus. Let me put it this way. I thought this was Santa Claus in my home, standing right over me. Uh, but it turned out it was a crackhead that um, broke into my house. So, okay. yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Welcome to my crazy childhood I had. 
Merry Christmas, give me a dollar. <laughs> but that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus, only crackheads. Oh no. And I was 18 too, so I probably shouldn't have believed it. You <laughs> should have known by then. You should have known by then. But a crazy Christmas story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, so, so before we get off here and we wrap up, I do want to, um, are, are there anything you would like to plug? Anything coming up? Any virtual? Or where can people go to find out more about Lauren Ansley, comedy productions, or Barely Funny? Uh, so it's Barely Funny, just the word clear like beer it's a pun okay okay did i freeze you did you did freeze if you could say that one more time it's sure. I, I will edit that out by the way but <laughs> you if, know what leave it in who cares save your time we, we've got more important things to do am i saying am i saying when i say it do i say uh am i saying barely funny like a bunch of yeah. bears? barely <laughs> funny Beerly Funny with two E's. Um, so you can go to Beerly Funny on social media on Facebook or Instagram. Lauren Ansley Comedy on Facebook or Instagram. My website is beerlyfunny.com or laurenansleycomedy.com. And I want to put a plug in for the fact that I do book comedians, magicians, musicians, all kinds of entertaining mixologists, all of that kind of stuff, um, including the incredible magic and comedy Danny Whitson, Super Magic Boy, who has set up an amazing virtual experience with the red curtain and everything. And he's talking about upgrading um, even further beyond that um, for like your whole, a whole studio thing in your house. This guy is dedicated. We have done um, at least two, if not more events together. We have some more coming up where um, you have absolutely delighted the crowd. And I've gotten rare reviews. So I would like to also plug the host of the Abracadam podcast, Danny Whitson, as an incredible performer. You should absolutely book him. And he's got some fun clips that he can show you too. So. Lauren, you are too kind. Thank you so much, Lauren. <laughs> You're and welcome. I tell you what, Lauren, I look forward to working for you more or working with, with you. Yes, please. Thank you. And uh, I tell you what, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on, doing the podcast. Danny, this is fun. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. That does it for this episode with my good friend, Lauren Ansley. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I always enjoy talking to Lauren. Um, and also, remember, if you guys have any special events coming up for 2021, you definitely want to look her up and let her take care of those needs. She is fantastic. Uh, we do have a uh, episode uh, coming out, a uh, special episode coming out. Um, should be out by next Tuesday. Um, I'm excited. I actually uh, spoke with uh, Dr. Cliff James. He is a uh, pediatrician, and uh, he goes over uh, some of the things about with the vaccine, uh, why kids aren't affected like adults are with uh, COVID. A very interesting conversation. You definitely want to check that one out. Um, and hey, if you guys uh, haven't subscribed or followed yet, definitely uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are there. Uh, guys, thank you for listening to this episode, and I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you guys soon in 2021. Abra-cut. Hey!